All right, we're back to another episode of Empire. I'm once again Pete Barenberg, along always with co-host, CEO, and founder of Purewell, my buddy, Nick DeFrancesco. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Pete? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Getting a little excited here for another conversation. We're back in the swing of things, and we're rolling. I love it. I love it. So why don't you tell everybody who we got? Oh, yeah, we are actually talking one of the top communication uh, experts in the field. Uh, she's a professional, as a best-selling author, written games like The Long Game, Entrepreneurial You, Reinventing You, Standout, which is also known as the number one leadership book of the year by Inc. Magazine, and now still a professor at University of Duke Farquhar Business School and author of a new book, Taking Charge of Your Career. We're talking about Dory Clark. I know it's a mouthful of Dory. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey, Nick. Good to be here. <laughs> Good. And now we're adding it's resume. Credits. Yeah, of course. And resume is on Empire. So that's that, That's definitely up there. With uh, Yeah, I think it fits in right between Professor and Harvard. Somewhere yes, there. somewhere. Right, like, right on the top, yeah. Right there, right there, right there. So, um, well, obviously, Dory, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Obviously, we had a, a chance to, to talk a couple months ago, and I said, you know, it'd be great. I think it'd be awesome to come on to the show. We kind of intermingle what you do along with cannabis. And um, I think it would be educational for everybody. And it's going to be good for us to talk. So and, well, and we're about education. So, um, so yeah, so like, we'll kind of just jump into it. You know, I, we were talking about uh, different speaking engagements and things that you did. And one of them is that you keynoted at the community anti drug coalitions, uh, America's 23rd national leadership forum. Uh, and that's uh, giving your expertise as a branding expert and regular contributor to Forbes and Harvard Business Review um, to give attendees a tutorial on messaging through social media. So talk to us a little bit about the response the crowd had and how you engage this keynote and which would imagine to be a bit outside of your comfort zone. But we talked, you know, you're pro cannabis, but um, being, you know, and, and what you thought that uh it came together for you in that engagement. Yeah. Well, first of all, good research, man. I spoke to CADCA, the community anti-drug folks, in 2013. So this is now coming yeah. on a decade ago. <laughs> right. So yeah, a lot of a lot of the message around engaging around social media was kind of like, hey, here's what social media is. <laughs> because in 2013, everybody was a little shaky around that. Uh, I think now we're, we're a little bit farther along in that, uh, in the, in that arc. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, just to, just to clarify, one of the things that I, you know, and you guys are really the experts in, in the space. And so I would love to hear more about how you think about all of, all of these things. And I know that you're doing great educational work with Empire, but yeah, you know, I, I think that the, one of the, the most important aspects around cannabis is really making sure in, in your messaging to draw this sharp line, because there is a pretty big difference, as you know, between, you know, addicts with needles lying in the street and people who are recreational cannabis users. And to have those things lumped together, I think, is incredibly inappropriate. And it's, it's really important to draw the distinction to, uh, to understand 
that um, that that that's not is literally not the same thing. And so for anti-drug organizations, um, I actually think that there can and should be common ground with cannabis organizations because, you know, no one wants people to be doing crazy hard drugs and committing crimes, but uh, they shouldn't be worried about cannabis. And and I, I think sure. they could probably uh, save themselves a lot of time and effort by focusing elsewhere. That's kind of one of the things it's, you know, there's always going to be a stigma around anything, um, you know, drug related when it was, you know, federally illegal. But the truth is, is that we're not talking about apples to apples here. We're talking about apples to oranges. And, you know, we've had people on that have been addicted to heroin and things like this. And, and they've actually used marijuana to come off of these things or, you know, or off of opiates or, or whatever it is. And, and so, yes, I mean, we're talking about a drug that completely destroys your life and, 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 and to, to something that might help you with arthritis, fibromyalgia, um, make you get off of something that's a little bit more serious or so. Yeah. Well, why should that be in the same classification is beyond me. Um, and, and, uh, and, and obviously, you know, um, nobody has ever died from marijuana consumption. So uh, if that doesn't tell you, let's, let's, let's ease up a little bit. Um, again, we, we have come a long way. And the reason why I did do some research is because I want to bring it kind of to where we are today and, um, and how uh, social media still isn't super friendly um, at all to cannabis industry. I mean, uh, Forbes wrote back in March, it's become increasingly common to see cannabis industry brand pages with massive devoted followings deactivated for violating community guidelines. Because of the strict guidelines on illegal drugs and marijuana being lumped into that category, regardless of operations of fully legal states, because as you know, I mean, a lot of these states are fully legal for either recreational or medical marijuana. Um, Meta, the company that owns Instagram and Facebook, has cracked down hard on cannabis. I mean, this is what they're stating. Um, what do you say to those that are discouraged in leveraging their marketing with social media? Yeah, I, it, it's not wrong to feel discouraged about, uh, about marketing through social media with those constraints. Um, I, I actually think this, this is a scenario where the public is in favor of much, much, much more liberal marijuana laws. And this is an area where government is, is just lagging. And so I actually think that there, that there is a lot, a lot of traction. And I know many hardworking advocates and entrepreneurs are doing this, but this is an area where I think lobbying can genuinely be effective because Every politician is always afraid of getting out ahead of their constituency and risking some kind of a backlash. This is not that issue. Um, politicians, agency heads, they are dramatically at this point lagging uh, public perception and uh, public sentiment. And so to the extent that they can be made aware that that you know, essentially advocates have their back and that they're not going to face a backlash. And in fact, the reverse may be true that, um, that they're going to begin to, to look, you know, really sort of profoundly out of date by, um, by cracking down or, or chasing these things. That's going to be important. I, I do think that there's a real risk that if, um, folks in the cannabis industry are 
getting a little too cute or pushing the envelope too much um, without without that that cover you you risk antagonizing people uh needlessly and it may actually just drag out the process so my advice actually even though social media is sexy in the sense of you know it's, it's, it's like robbing banks right it's like it's where the money is well social media it's like it's where the people are so of course you want to market there but i actually think that is probably the better part of valor to be exceptionally careful with social media marketing and perhaps try to over index on other areas that have less scrutiny because they are considered less sexy at least for the time being no i actually i think that's a great idea uh, and a great way to look at this you know it's been tough for even us i mean purewell's known for the education part of cannabis right so we do custom formulations in cannabis and they're all medically related and we'll always go to if we're at a conference or we're talking to a doctor or or we'll just go to maybe an event that has to do with cannabis a lot of it is what that weed market right that let's get high let's okay I can completely understand why they would not want that on social media or on Facebook or, you know, I mean, that's not really, you know, it's not really putting the right message out, right? Like we're, we're, we're trying to do it is the fact that it's helping people on a medical level. If they have a medical condition, maybe they have anxiety, maybe they have mental, it's just, and, and then we want to talk about that because you do talk a lot about that. I just listening to a show that you were just doing about an hour ago about looking into yourself and 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 people are struggling with a lot of mental conflicts whether it's from other people but legitimately anxiety has skyrocketed in our country and one of the things that cannabis has really helped with are with people that have have anxiety issues or you know we, we've obviously started with epilepsy years and years ago with children and uh, autism and, and adhd and all these things but let's just talk about you know anxiety in, in general right so some of the things that you preach about, about basically being your own person, making your own choices. Um, and, I, and I want you to go into a little bit about kind of what you preach. But what I mean is, is that sometimes people are limited by their mind, right? And they might want to do these things, but they just can't. You know, they, they literally just can't muster it up because they're de dealing with a bunch of other demons inside. And I do feel, and I've, I've noticed a lot, especially in the last two years, since since COVID mostly, um, that cannabis has really broke that barrier because of the anxiety. It's not like where you drink and you don't have inhibition, where you do crazy things. But I do think it takes people a little bit out of their crowd, uh, comfort zone of overthinking, where they could apply a lot of the techniques that you talk about or what you stand for. Tell, tell people a little bit about what you really do um, and how you help so many people. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Yeah. So I, I the, the short version is, you know, I, I write business and career books and uh, I would say that's kind of, that's kind of the engine. And right. so I, I do business school teaching around that. I give talks around that. I do executive coaching uh, and online courses around it. And broadly speaking, it's centered around the idea of how to 
get your ideas heard in a noisy and crowded environment and how to build the career that you want in a extremely rapidly changing marketplace. So I've written books about everything from professional reinvention, my book, Reinventing You, to entrepreneurship uh, called Entrepreneurial You. And the, the newest book is called The Long Game, How to Be a Long-Term Thinker in a Short-Term World. And it's really about how to apply the lens of strategic thinking to your own life and career. How much, how much, more fitting could it be for a career in cannabis where our laws are constantly changing because we are in a overly saturated market. And that's kind of what we did, Dory. You know, we, we, we took this direction in cannabis to do custom formulations because the world was saturated with gas station brands and people that were just trying to get high. And here we are trying to educate and legitimize. So people have a health benefit to what they do and and actually could maybe get them off of traditional pharmaceuticals and things like this where um but i am dealing with these issues i'm dealing with trying to get into social media even youtube uh, we'll talk about facebook but we're talking about google google searches where everyone's like oh yeah just do a retargeting campaign and let's do i can't even text people you know we're use all the new stuff is now let's text our customers <sighs> I can't do that either. Nope. So I'm so limited by how I can even get out there just because I'm a cannabis company, not because my products don't help people. And they could help our people a lot more than just pharmaceuticals and things like that, right? And I can't even get to the public in yeah. the way that I have to, you know? Yeah, it's in it must be incredibly frustrating. I can absolutely. Oh, yeah, that, especially when you have nothing but everything sex-wise out there that is available for everyone, violence and, you know, who else knows what. But no, 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 a plant, nah, we got problems with plants. You know, it's, it doesn't make any fucking sense, really. So it's just, an, it is crazy, and it's a big dance that we got to, you know, do, unfortunately, and it needs to change. Yeah, and that, absolutely. And that's kind of where what I'm saying. So do you, you, you said you have a couple people that have tried to get into the industry and, and, and what are you hearing? I mean, what, what do you hear from people or, or what type of advice do you get them trying to be in the cannabis industry or, or just because of everything that you talk about? I mean, it's really everything that we deal with in cannabis. Yes, yes. I, I do. I do have some colleagues, some uh, some students of mine that have tried to, you know, and, and have gotten into the cannabis industry. And you're exactly right. I mean, it it certainly takes someone with an entrepreneurial spirit, whether or not they literally are an entrepreneur, you know, in terms of creating a new company for themselves. Even if you are working as an executive in a cannabis firm, this is an industry that is uh, <laughs> that is evolving daily, uh, dealing with, uh, with things that are being thrown at it and changes that are coming down the pike. And, um, it, it's something where it is, uh, you know, you, you have to have a lot of character, I would say in backbone, because it is, it is something that, um, you know, it, is still not, quote unquote, societally acceptable in the way that like your granny's going to be bragging about it. And so it is very much uh, a, a magnet for people who are interested in, in making a mark, doing something new, doing something legitimately different and, you know, essentially kind of going high risk, high reward. Uh, but there's something incredibly exciting about forging the beginning of an industry. 
Yeah, it, it's it's been it's been tough, Dory, and 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 I feel like what we've done is is very substantial for where the industry was when we started um, to where we are now. But you said things that are not as scrutinized, right? So where do you think that somebody should go into um, to get their voice out there? Um, you know, for example, even us and our message in medical, um, what are your suggestions of, of what somebody should do um, or, or what avenues they should take? Yeah. So you, uh, Nick and Pete, are far more versed, a million times more versed in terms of the particular um, legalities around cannabis marketing. So I don't want to get too hyper specific in the sense that I wouldn't want to um, to mislead anyone inadvertently. But in a broad sense, what I would say is there because social media is just so visible in the public imagination if if we put on our politician hat or our bureaucrat hat, the thing that they are worried about, you know, they, they have a little bit of shiny object syndrome too, right? They're like, you know, what's everyone thinking about? What's everyone talking about? What am I going to get in trouble about and hear from my constituents about? And so, you know, social media is just hyper visible in that way. And sometimes it's because it's legitimately influential. And sometimes, frankly, it's just because it's easy to measure, you know, in my world of writing books, for instance, one of the, the really you know, sort of uh, laughable things is that a lot of publishers are, are very keen on signing people to book deals who have large social followings. And you can understand the logic. Oh, everybody loves them. They can reach all kinds of people. But the, tr the truth is, if you have a million Twitter followers, let's say, a lot of them are bots. A lot of them never check Twitter. You know, you know, like like it doesn't necessarily oh, translate to impact. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and and so it's it's sort of this illusory metric in a lot of ways. And I think quieter metrics often matter more. If if I'm choosing, if I'm a publisher and I'm choosing between someone who has a, a million Twitter followers, which everybody can see, oh look, it's seven figures or someone who has a million email subscribers, but nobody knows it because it's not like there's a central registry of email right. subscribers. Yeah. I will take the email subscribers any day of the week because that's a much more high quality engagement. So I think broadly speaking, the thing that I would suggest for cannabis entrepreneurs is sort of asking what are the things that are, that are less visible, less publicly prominent, but are, are, you know, perhaps classic old school ways. Like, like let's go back to the least sexy thing in the world and just leverage that because, um, there's going to be a, a, an almost disproportionate level of heat on the things that are operating in the public imagination, whether or not those are actually the most efficacious marketing tools. Yeah, it's 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 interesting you say that because when we started Purewell, we started on. I mean, we we really focused to doctors and healthcare professionals, right? So so doctors, pharmacies, durable medical equipment companies, and that's truly all we would talk to. And it was really being able to get one or two doctors behind us because, well, a they were open to cannabis, right? So that would be the first part. But it was more of the fact that they were maybe it was a shiny new object, maybe, but that they were they were interested in learning learning more. Now, one of the things that that does separate us apart is because of our education and the level of education that we go in through of not 
and we don't really uh, have to talk most of the legalities with these doctors. We're talking more like cannabinoid profiles, how it would affect their patients, how to dose, these types of things, right? But it was the fact that the doctors that would be open to giving the product a try for their patients. And so I went a very non-traditional way, and we still do, is when we go to events, we go to medical events. Um, we hardly ever go to cannabis events. It's not our market. It's not really our market. These are these are people that are trying to uh, get high. And, and listen, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, right? It's just not our market, though, right? It's just people aren't going to go for an award-winning sleep product and come to Purewell. That's where they come to Purewell. They're going to another company because they're looking for the best flower or they're looking for something that's going to get them fucked up. And, and I hate to say it like that, but it's true. Whereas we're working with doctors to create formulations to help them with a true medical condition that can get them off of not only, you know, traditional medications and things, but it'll help their quality of life. I mean, we just launched a, a mushroom gummy that has five different mushrooms along with ashwagandha and, and we added cannabis to it. How am I going to pitch that at a, at a cannabis convention? Like they're going to, they're going to get glazed over. Their eyes are going to get glazed over in, into the two minutes of, or, or the one minute of walking up and saying, oh, we have, da, 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 da. they're like, but does it get you high? So we, right. we have to, so now that's where you're saying the social media is like, because that's what they're pushing out. You know, and so, of course, no politician or anyone's going to get around these places that are saying, oh, let's push weed. And this is and, and it's so unfortunate because there's so many people that are dealing with so many illnesses, mental, uh, like we just talked about, and physical that really don't know where to turn and are starting to really lose their trust in traditional medicine and doctors. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate in the fact because these doctors, there's a lot of amazing doctors out there. We are not saying that doctors are not the right. I mean, we are not saying that, but what we're saying is, is that if something we always say, you know, if you want to go to somebody, go to a DO, somebody that's a little bit more broad, they look at osteopathic medicine. You know, you could look at a diet just because you have a pill for high cholesterol. doesn't mean that you still eat fried chicken. I mean, come on people. Like this is not what we're talking about here. So, but if there's ways that maybe you can use this as a junk therapy and help you just being open to it. So finding these doctors that were open to it and then having these doctors try it in their own practice is really how we got going. And, and them writing some papers or writing testimonials and things. And, and so that's how we started, Dory. And that's why I was saying we've always gone the way. Has it, has it been longer? Totally. You know, has it taken the longer, but what was, what's the name of your, one of your books? The oh, short, yeah, it's the long game. It's the long game. Right. So, so I, it was, it was tough. I, I worked for a, a publicly traded company in cannabis and I had to leave because I didn't believe they thought that my method of going to the medical professionals and legitimizing cannabis was the wrong path because it would take too much time. Yeah. They're looking for that quick buck. But not necessarily looking to actually provide help for, you know, people. And they're looking for, right. They're looking for the quick buck. And a lot of these places are looking. So I think one of the things that we're pulling out of this is, is that 
make sure you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. If you're going to be in cannabis, yes, you're an entrepreneurial spirit. And yes, you want to be a game changer and, and it's high risk, but do it for the right reasons. Because honestly, everybody that's not doing it right, they're getting shifted out. There's regulations that are coming. There's things that are going to be cutting a lot of these companies out. I mean, so, so know why you're doing it and, and why we do it in, here in Empire. So, um, how to build a career in an industry in the Harvard when, um, so when we talked about when we, one of the things that you had in one of your quotes and, you know, we were talking about um, how to build your career in a new industry. They said that when professionals reinvent themselves, they often have to feel like they start from scratch and their previous connections and experience don't count in their new realm, right? Your skills and your network are probably more transferable than you think that you wrote. Uh, but is it, it's also true that you may feel confused for a while as you orient yourself with the, the way things work in your new career. In your new book, Reinventing You, you gave four strategies to build a career path for yourself in your new endeavor, even if you're still figuring things out. We have plenty of professionals from Fortune 500 companies entering the cannabis space every year. What have you observed and, and tell us a little bit about the four that you talked about in your book that people could use? Yeah, thank you, Nick. Well, one advantage actually that folks who are transitioning into the cannabis industry have is that if you are trying to go from one, you know, quote unquote, established industry to another, like, oh, hey, I want to go into financial services. The, 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 the modes of doing business, the experience levels of people, it's a lot to compete with because, um, you know, there are going to be people who from the beginning of their career, they've been doing financial services. There's always going to be someone that has way more experience than you do. For the good news about about cannabis, I mean, it's it's not you know it's not a uh, an industry that that just happened overnight, but it also is a much newer industry, and so therefore there you know there are, there's there's not anybody that's you know I mean aside from uh, a few people you know north of San Francisco that are like oh I've been in cannabis for forty years right right <laughs> you know so it's so it's it's a little the emerald cool. triangle they call it for everybody that doesn't know it's where all growers were before any of this was legal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, you know, for, for most people who have been in, you know, commercial, um, you know, pu pu publicly talked about uh, cannabis companies, this is a much more recent phenomenon. And so therefore, it is a little bit easier in the sense that um, you're not going to get an entire industry full of people that are, you know, shaming you that like, well, why haven't you been doing this for X number of decades, <laughs> right? I mean, most people transitioned into the cannabis cannabis industry. I mean, unless you're, unless you're really young and it's your first job out of college, most people were doing something different. So it's not, it's not weird or unprecedented that someone would do it. Whereas if you're trying to make a mid-career shift and I don't know, you've been a school teacher and all of a sudden you want to work at Goldman Sachs, people are going to look at you a little funny. So, um, right. so it's a little, it's a little different and easier in that way, which is great. Also, it, another advantage is that cannabis is an industry that is sort of interesting enough and, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll say, I'll say in air quotes, sexy enough that people get it why you want to do it. I mean, usually people have some kind of a personal interest in it. It's, it's not, it's not a weird thing to want to go into. It's sort of an aspirational thing for a lot of people about like, yes, if I could, if I could make this my job, if I could make this my career, that, that would be great. So 
you're not going to get blowback from people being like, you know, why would you do that? That's so odd. Um, so I, I, you know, so your motivations would sort of inherently make sense to people. So those are two really positive elements, but there, there's always some hard parts about reinventing yourself professionally and making a transition. Um, you know, one of them in a, in a practical sense is that, you know, we don't yet really have the sort of cannabis equivalent of like a, you know, a, a Google or an Amazon that like literally everyone in the world has heard of. And it's sort of this trillion dollar behemoth. Um, everything's a little more nascent, right? So if you're used to working for, you know, a big established quote unquote stable company, um, you know, whether or not that actually is true, you might think or you know, right, people right. might think <laughs> it's exactly. stable. Uh, it's it's going to it's gonna be a little different and, you know, feel a little bit more improvisational going into uh, the cannabis world. Oh, yeah. um, so the people around you, you know, like, especially if you have a spouse that is sort of relying on that income, they may raise some questions that you have to answer. Um, the people around you may be like, oh, is that a good move? Is that secure, quote unquote? And frankly, you may have to adjust your own behavioral style. If you're used to a place where it's like, oh yeah, we're a suit and tie kind of company, you, you might you might need to uh, code shift a little bit. <laughs> well, that is for sure. That is one thing um, that I notice. And, and I think a lot of people do enjoy that, right? Because they do come from that Fortune 500 company or that, that suit and tie, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I did myself. Um, I do like the flexibility of, of, of not having to worry so much about that. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different people in our industry, Dory. I mean, there's a lot of fakers. There's a lot of people that are kind of fleecing the public and they're making claims or they're saying things that, that aren't true or they're, they're going after that fast buck, like we talked about before. Um, but there also are also a lot of very educated people that are trying to pump in the education part and the, the benefits of it, but also that it is a legitimate business. And I think that years ago, you know, when someone was like, well, you know, you're just selling weed, right? Um, and we had problems with the banking system. So we had a lot of problems with, with even being able, even though I'm doing something legal, I couldn't bank my money. Literally. literally. Yeah. Some and, people have problems with that. And, and what? I said, there's still places that have problems. Right. Right. Exactly. And there's still people that have issues with that. So, now that's gotten better, but it was still a, a major problem. So you, you're doing a now the THC market, the marijuana card, they do have a, a lot more. Um, yeah, there's a lot more of that issue with, you know, bankable money and, 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 and credit card processing and all this type of thing. But there's things that we're not normally used to in a regular product. If I was to sell a phone. If I was to sell a phone, it's a widget. It's the same. I could market it the way I could. I could say whatever I want. I don't have to worry about what I say. I can. I mean, but, but, you, you know, make but, it all clear. They ain't going to make you a million dollars because you bought a phone, you know? No, no, no. But I mean, I mean, Apple doesn't have to worry about the same things that we're worried yeah. about or Android or things like that. They can just go on to Google and run ads and not think about, I mean, things that are simple that people think that are just an easy way to, to get your name out there. We can't do any of those things. Yeah. Um, and and it, it is tough. So getting the most valuable information to these people are, uh, you know, it's tough. And then this is one of the reasons why we do the show. And um, 
So a little bit, I mean, any experience cannabis, you said a little bit, you, you've had some people in there as well. Um, I won't ask you if you've ever smoked or anything like that. I mean, we won't go there, but, um, just being in the circles that you are and, um, just in general, um, let's just talking about the mental aspect of it. Do you see a benefit to cannabis, um, to get over articles like we were talking about with maybe mental roadblocks as well and maybe having cannabis be able to open some people say it makes you more creative some people say i mean do you see an avenue for for cannabis in in all the industries that you do uh help yeah absolutely i mean for the people that are in the industries that you help i i think that we we have certainly seen um you know especially post pandemic to your point nick is so much of a, a challenge with people with with mental health with anxiety and things like that and you you see studies about things like you know ssris and it's like oh well you know not not only do, do physicians not even really understand the mechanism by which they work do they work you know question mark question mark right. it's it's so to the extent that people can find solutions, especially, um, you know, more, you know, hopefully natural solutions that are useful for them. I mean, this is something that why, why I think it's so important and useful that the conversation has really um, been taking place around medical marijuana. Um, you know, people are different. We're, we're seeing now post uh, sequencing of the human genome, just really interesting things about even like the, the microbiome and how, you know, the reason that different diets uh, work for some people and don't is, oh, well, surprise, surprise, the, the microbiome is so different in individuals that mm -hmm. it actually is true that, you know, I could eat you know, salads all day and it, and I am super healthy and lose a lot of weight and it doesn't work for you because of differences. So to the extent that we really are able to engage in the conversation about, all right, what are the ways that we can be solving real problems that people are facing and using the full complement of interventions at our disposal and hopefully looking for ways that don't involve, um, you know, people being giving, given cookie cutter formulations that, you know, may or may not be that helpful. I think that that is a really important conversation to have and, and for people to have with their physicians. Um, you know, certainly we, you know, in, in days past when marijuana was not as available, um, people made choices about how to take care of things on their own. And, and in a lot of cases that involved uh, people drinking themselves into a stupor and oh. everybody, everybody sensible recognizes that alcohol, which is, which is treated so casually as a recreational drug in America um, is, you know, a billion times more, uh, more addictive and, and has uh, really, really serious consequences for, yeah. uh, for families and relationships. And I, I do think that it is um, vastly hypocritical that uh, marijuana uh, is, is treated so, so much more harshly. I, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, well, it's the, the so much less harmful, though. <laughs> right, right. It's so much so it's harmful in all ways. I mean, you don't. And again, someone's like, well, I don't want to smoke. You don't have to smoke. 
you could use a tincture. You could use an edible. I mean, you don't have to worry about like, if that was the only problem or I'm worried about calories or sugar. You know, there, there is none, you know, so, but, but the actual facts of, again, destroying families, um, destroying things like that, where you said that, I mean, people are totally overlooking. I mean, we always hear about car crashes and think, but I don't know, a stupid argument might have with a significant other because you guys were drinking too much or something that's said in a family setting or, or just you getting even more depressed um, drinking and, and uh, right. it's just, it's just, it's just horrible. So, um, so I wanted to talk to you, you did speak with, um, and we'll, we'll switch gears just for a second, but you spoke with uh business of fashion and you spoke about, I think this is a really cool one here because you spoke about one way to create a point of differentiation. And that's what we're really talking about here, right? How you differentiate yourselves in cannabis, but for yourself is to build a personal brand. Um, at a basic level, you're, which you said, at, at a basic level, your personal brand is how you are known by others, your reputation in the marketplace. While cannabis is waiting on federal legalization, brand exposure has been an obstacle. So what is your idea of just, again, let's just talk about people building their own brand and then maybe, again, relating it back to cannabis as well. Yeah. Well, it is really important when it comes to a personal brand. I mean, you know, first of all, let's take it, let's take a step back. Why do, why does it matter to have a personal brand? I mean, basically the short version is everybody already thinks something about you. You know, we know, we know that like the people around us, they think something. And I would argue it is in our interest to try to a be aware of what that something is so that we can act on it. And B, if the thing that they are thinking is not what we would want them to, what are the actions that we can take to bring it more into alignment so that other people get who we are and they get what we're capable of? Um, to me, that is not an exercise in narcissism. That is uh, a really important thing to do for our professional future. Because if, if people understand that we're smart, that we're good at things, that we're able to you know, make an impact in certain ways, then it means that we'll have more opportunities to do that. So turning to cannabis specifically, I think that one of the most important things, I mean, you know, as with all professionals, there's, you know, it's sort of a general thing like, oh, you're good at finance. Great. All right. You can lean into that and make sure people know you're good at finance. Sure. But I do think that something that's important, and you have touched on this, Nick, um, is we also have to recognize at an industry level, you know, what, what is, what is the sort of knock on it? What's, what's the negative stereotypical uh, view for, you know, for outsiders? I'm not talking about within the industry, but if we're talking about broadly speaking within, uh, you know, with people, you know, looking from outside into the cannabis industry, how can you make sure you're aware of that? And how can you make sure to counteract it? And so specifically what, what that might mean is, you know, your sort of average Joe blogs uh, they hear someone works in the cannabis industry and, you know, the, the sort of, you know, really like uninformed first thing is like, oh, you know, he must be a stoner. Oh, he must be like not a serious person, you know, or, or, or whatever, these kind of right. dumb things. And so it is super important, I think, more than usual, you know, more than for the average person who's, you know, working in the insurance industry, let's say, that you need to actually really proactively counteract that and, you know, really uh, sort of lean, lean into demonstrating like, no, you know, I, I, I am a very serious professional. I am someone who is, you know, well-informed and knows the studies and, you know, uh, this, that and the other and is not, you know, high 24 hours a day. 
And of course, we do this with personal branding, not by stating it because you that looks lame uh, it is you do it through through your actions and through be, being very consistent with the actions you take and the, the way you are and the way you present yourself in the world. But the more we do that, it enables the right message to get through so that other people are no longer able to hold the sort of dumb stereotypical views that they might otherwise. I cannot tell you what I had a battle when I started getting into cannabis. I mean, I came from the medical field of creating medical products, doing this type of thing. The fact is, is that when I said I wanted to get into cannabis, that's exactly what everyone thought. Oh, you're going to be high all day. You, you don't take him seriously. It's only recently, Dory, and, and, and I think, you know, Again, you know, mom passed away just a couple months, a couple weeks ago, and it's been tough. So a lot of um, people that were in my life a long time ago have resurfaced because of this. And I think that there was a plan for that. And of course, but so many people are blown away of where we are with PureWell and what we've done in cannabis because of the stigma, because when I first got into it, they said basically what you were saying. Um and and just where the industry has come as a whole, but what I've had to do to counteract that stigma. For years, we've been dealing with this and people looking down on us or, or, or putting us in a file like, I can't be intelligent if I want to be in cannabis. I can't know anything about business if I want to be in cannabis. I mean, th this is the beginning. I'm talking about this is where it started. Until now, like, oh, we have the first for Fortune 500 Forbes in Burner, who now, now again, I'm just you throwing that out there, but that was the first time that they go, oh, somebody in cannabis is actually being acknowledged. Not that I'm saying that that was the best example of, of all the different aspects of cannabis, but it is be starting to become a lot more yeah, predominantly. On the mainstream, especially side. Right, acceptable. So in the beginning, especially, it was like I needed to explain, like, no, no, like I'm not trying to get high every day. I mean, when I had a lead, I can do that anyway. And, <laughs> but um, that's not what I'm doing this for. We're, we're doing this to help people and and, and educate and, and do this the right way. And and uh, and it just it was it was tough. And we dealt with this for a while. And and it and a lot of people have come back in my life to say, wow. You know, I want to try the products now. Whereas before, like, no, I wouldn't touch that. Now they're like, wait, you have something for sleep? You have something for anxiety? You have to, I would love to try. Or, or, or what's your website and go on there? And they go on and they listen to a, a podcast like this, where, you know, you're talking about real life issues of helping you become the best you, whether it is for business or for personal. And if you need a little help, that's fine. Obviously, it always comes from inside first, right? Comes from your mind, comes from your heart. You got to be able to, you got to dig down deep. It, it's from here. You got to make the change yourself, no matter what you do. But if you need a little bit of help, maybe there's a, there's a better alternative out there. So I really appreciate you being on today. Absolutely, Dory. And uh, before we head out there, Dory, why don't you go ahead and if you could just tell everybody where they could actually follow or support you and uh, what you do. Yeah, thank you so much, gentlemen. Great to be here today. Yeah, if folks want to learn more about my uh, my work, um, my website is doryclark.com. I have a uh, free self-assessment, actually, for uh, adding more strategic thinking to your life and career. You can get it at doryclark.com slash the long game. 
Excellent, Dora. Excellent. And now for everybody who does follow, please like, subscribe, share this episode, tell everybody about it. They're going to get some good insight here. Any of your podcast platforms, even leave a comment. We're talking about Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, and, of course, CannabisRadio.com. And for all the things we did tell you about, go check out PureWell, P-U-R-W-E-L-L.com. Use code HEMPIRE for 20%. And until next week, uh, we appreciate everybody here. Just remember, stay out there and get educated on all this. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.